There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. Two brothers from Georgia, one quiet and reserved, and the other a real true rock and roll peacock. Together, they created a band that demanded our attention, both with the power of their music and their epic infighting. This is the story of the Black Crows and a song about a girl that fascinated fans right from the start. She Talks to Angels. Released on the band's 1990 debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, She Talks to Angels was the fourth single to hit the airwaves from the band. The first three from that album so unapologetically rock and roll, Twice as Hard, Jealous Again, and their cover of Otis Redding's Hard to Handle all strutted their way up the charts and established the Black Crows as a band firmly entrenched in the legacy of bands that came before them, drawing the inevitable comparisons to the Rolling Stones and the Faces. It was an album produced by George Draculius, A&R man and producer at Rick Rubin's newly launched American Recordings label, releasing albums from Slayer, ZZ Top, Tom Petty, and later Johnny Cash, among others. Shake Your Moneymaker was the label's first success, going five times platinum. Draculius got wind of this band from Atlanta, led by two brothers. The elder, Chris Robinson, as the energetic frontman, and younger brother Rich Robinson on lead guitar. were blowing the doors off of the clubs in town. Back then, in the late 80s and early 90s, the rock scene in Atlanta was alive and well. Rick Richards, guitarist for the Georgia Satellites, has said that bands like theirs and the Black Crows found a welcoming home on that scene with club owners actually preferring bands who could rock the house with their original songs, even if at first the Robinson brothers certainly encountered a lot of no's when it came to getting their band on stage. But eventually, they couldn't be denied. And Chris and Rich Robinson came by their musicality naturally. They've said that generally, the only time they don't argue is when they're creating music together. Their father, Stan Robinson, was a musician and songwriter, and he even had a single that went to number 83 on the Billboard chart in 1959, a song called Booma Dip Dip. But when Chris Robinson told his dad about his dreams of being a rock singer, he was told that he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket and to forget it. In fact, the elder Robinson brother has said that if he was singing in their house growing up in the Atlanta suburbs and managed to get just a little bit out of tune, their father would tell him to shut up, something that Chris Robinson credits with giving him the fire to succeed as a singer. Meanwhile, Brother Rich was learning to play guitar and says he wrote the music for She Talks to Angels when he was just 15, well before the lyrics came along. Eventually, Stan Robinson became proud of the success of his sons and their music, even if he wasn't initially supportive. He passed away in 2013. Back when the Crows were starting out, gigging around Atlanta in the mid-80s while still teenagers, they were called Mr. Crow's Garden, which was a name they got from a children's book written in the early 1900s by L. Leslie Brooke entitled Johnny Crow's Garden. 
It's a rhyming book about all the fun that Johnny Crow had with his friends in the garden, including a lion who wore a bow tie and a rat with a feather in his hat. The original version has somewhat sinister illustrations that will be somewhat recognizable to fans of the Black Crows. Black and white drawings of crows with long beaks, the genesis for what would become the band's calling card. Two cartoon crows, drawn by designer Alan Forbes, dressed up in scarves and hats and looking more than a little like what Keith Richards would look like if he were a cartoon crow, complete with cigarettes dangling out of their mouths and at least on the inside sleeve album artwork for Shake Your Moneymaker, X's for Eyes. The subject of the band's name change is interesting. The story goes that Rick Rubin did not like the band's original name and thought it would be provocative if they changed it to something that could be shortened to allude to an ugly side of the history of the band's home state. Rubin suggested they rename themselves as Cobb County Crows, each word starting with a K, which would then be shortened to KKK, suggesting that the name would grab people's attention. This did not sit well with the Brothers Robinson. And Chris Robinson shot back that it would also get people's attention if the band beat Ruben up for even suggesting such a thing. Fortunately, Ruben backed down and they eventually morphed into the Black Crows. And as to how they came to their signature sound, full-on rock and roll, Southern without question, soulful and somehow a little bit punk rock too, that was a result of their interest in a spectrum of music, ranging from Tom Waits to New Wave and more. The Robinson brothers were infatuated with Graham Parsons, who also hailed from the South, along with the Birds-influenced R.E.M., who were fellow Georgians, and indie bands like The Replacements and punk bands like Black Flag, all influences on the Black Crow's original sound, a hodgepodge of the musical scene they immersed themselves in. And it was during this time, going to clubs in Atlanta, that Chris Robinson was witness to all the inhabitants of that scene including the clove cigarette-smoking goth girls there to see the bands. So different from a typical Atlanta debutante as to be night to day. And it was upon seeing this kind of girl, all dressed in black with eyeliner so thick that it worked as a kind of shield, that he started to think about what life must be like for a person so young, so seemingly rebellious, and so shrouded against the world. He said that the main character in She Talks to Angels isn't one person, but quite like the band's musical inspirations, a combination of people he saw and knew at the rock clubs in Atlanta. He wrote a story of the life he thought a girl like this would have and why she would shut out the pain of that life. And that has resonated with fans ever since. Because we all have the need to shut out a little bit of the world sometimes in our own very personal ways and for our own reasons. She Talks to Angels starts like this. She never mentions the word addiction. In certain company. She'll tell you she's an orphan after you meet her family. She paints her eyes as black as night now and pulls those shades down tight. She gives a smile when the pain comes. The pain gonna make everything all right. She says she talks to angels and they call her out by her name. She talks to angels, says they call her out by her name. The obvious nod to this girl chasing away some unknowable pain through drug use is clear, but the most arresting lyric here 
is she'll tell you she's an orphan after you meet her family. Those lines do such a profound job of crystallizing the backstory of this girl who has such a troubled life at home that she only wants to escape from it. And the song goes on to suggest why that home life is so heartbreaking. She keeps a lock of hair in her pocket. She wears a cross around her neck. And the hair is from a little boy. And the cross is someone she has not met. She says she talks to angels. Says they all know her name. So it's in this part of the song that we see that the girl has a son. And even though she carries around a lock of hair from him, we don't know if he is with her or gone, or whether she believes that faith will help her through her troubles, even though she's wearing a cross. Those mysteries are wrapped in the reasons why she suffers from the addiction that she won't mention. And the song goes on. She don't know no lover, none that I ever seen. And to her, that ain't nothing. But to me, it means everything. And from these lines, we get that this girl is truly alone. Estranged from the family that she distances herself from and without a partner, a father to the son that she keeps a lock of hair from in her pocket. And with that, the return to how she protects herself from all that worries her as the song closes with a repeat of this verse and then the chorus. She paints her eyes as black as night now. She pulls those shades down tight. Yeah, there's a smile when the pain comes. The pain gonna make everything all right. She talks to angels. Says they call her out by her name. I remember the first time I heard this song. I was in high school, and a friend gave me a copy of a cassette tape of Shake Your Money Maker and told me that I should listen to it. I was sold from the first note, but when I got to track eight on the flip side and listened as she talks to angels, I can remember bursting into tears. My mother was diagnosed with cancer around this time, and here was a band singing a song about a girl not knowing how to cope with pain. I grew up in North Carolina, and this Southern band was so many things. They were cool, they were cool looking, and they were Southern too. It made a profound impact on me, even though I didn't know anyone exactly like the girl in this song, and certainly had never been around the kinds of addictions that are alluded to in it. Here was a girl who felt alone, and somebody saw that in her and wrote a song about it. And to me, the song is time-stamped with those days, almost like a tattoo. Hearing it now, all these years later, it still does for me what it always did. It makes me feel just a little bit less alone. So many people have had some kind of a similar experience with this song for reasons that are completely individual to the person and what they were going through when they first heard it. It is storytelling at its finest, in that each listener can come to its meaning reflected back on his or her own inner world. Chris and Rich Robinson remain the only constant members of the Black Crows, and their years of public brawls and outright bad behavior are cemented in rock and roll history. At times, Chris's cocky attitude and their dramas seem to endanger the legacy of their amazing songs. Just to name a few examples of this, they were thrown off of a tour with ZZ Top because Chris couldn't stop railing against the tour's sponsor, Miller Beer, during their performance. 
They had similar clashes with Aerosmith and even Noel and Liam Gallagher of Oasis, themselves two brothers in a rock band with a nasty reputation for fighting with each other, said that they had never seen anything like it when Chris and Rich Robinson went at it with each other while the two bands were co-headlining their hilariously titled Brotherly Love Tour. Former bandmates have said they were sure that they would kill each other. Their arguments could start over something as silly as one of them knocking over a stack of CDs accidentally. Rich Robinson famously took another bus home after one such brawl, abandoning his brother and the band out on the road. Chris Robinson has offended journalists, DJs, and even 7-Eleven employees who ran afoul of him over the years. And indeed, he and his brother did finally split apart under all that duress, each doing his own music while still performing the music of the Black Crows in the meantime. Chris Robinson married and divorced the actress Kate Hudson and went on to marry twice more and has lived in California for decades now. Rich Robinson is married to his second wife, living in Nashville to be closer to their mother. The brothers did reunite in 2019 and began a tour together to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Shake Your Moneymaker. And their show in Chicago at Lincoln Hall in February of 2020 happens to be the last concert that I saw before the COVID-19 pandemic forced bands the world over to cancel their tour dates. At that performance, the Brothers Robinson showed no signs of hostility toward one another and indeed delivered the kind of performance that made it clear why they were able to endure such a rocky history and come back to center with each other. Between those two, it really is all about the songs. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Podcast One, or stream for free at WDRV.com behind the song or on the Drive app. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube to see the video episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jandalane Radio and on Twitter and TikTok at Jandalane. On the way, episodes about lyrics from more classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.